Bernie Sanders would like to say that he wants to redistribute your podcast to as many people as possible to trickle that thing down to the level of everyone getting bagels and locks. I want everyone to get bagels and locks. This is Buddy Sanders Wilson to the Phil and Lisa podcast on the AHA Network channel, not on iHeartRadio, not on corporate radio. You too can write a book and own a camp house in Vermont as well. This is Buddy Sanders. I approve the question. Lou's here. Gay. Gay. How you feeling there, Lou? What's up? You're man? all gay. Only on weekend. Aaron's practicing for our acapella theme song for a baseball podcast. See if we're going to have baseball people. Not so sure. I hope we do, cowboy. Yeah. Well, I do too, because all through the season, I don't, I gotta pay for my rib sauce if I, if I were on. <laughs> no, no. You gotta get that free rib my, sauce. I like to drizzle it on my UDF ice cream with crushed up shrimp from the Gulf Coast. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a I shove Louisiana that delicacy. Sounds seasonal. I shove that sucker <laughs> right <laughs> down Broadway. Yeah. You get pumpkin spice season, then you get, then you get shrimp and barbecue I do not do sauce pumpkin on your spice, ears. boys. <laughs> I am from Mississippi. I do not do pumpkin spice. No, but one pumpkin spice season's over. It's time for the shrimp and barbecue sauce on the UDF. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, that means it's October. One F. Marty Franchester Brenneman. I have some stories about getting pumpkin spice lattes in the hotel lobby on the road. What oh, does yeah, he, he do with those? Not, he's kind of a poofy boy. Not pretty, he? fellas. It's not pretty. <laughs> not pretty at all. Marty is a sissy, I'll tell you. I've only ever seen him drink iced tea. Nope. That, that was a Burbank's real barbecue. Spice contained the actual flavor of pumpkin. He will guzzle. And I talk, I'm talking gallons. You know how Led Zeppelin put that poor girl in the bathtub full of baked mm. beans and a mud shark? Oh, yeah. Marty Brenneman. Marty Brenneman has DoorDash deliver 47 <laughs> extra super tall pumpkin spice lattes to his palatial suite on the road. Fills that bathtub up and soaks without Amanda. Oh, without Amanda. I was about to say, is the lovely Amanda <laughs> there with him? Not on the road. This is stag only, boys and girls. Oh, that's yeah, right, he, down, bro. Marty has you, when Marty has you over and he's entertaining, does he try to match his sweater to the entree? Generally speaking, if it's going to be something Hawaiian, his sweaters will match. <laughs> once I wore a, once I wore a Bill Cosby Coogie sweater and he was devastated. He said, Cowboy, get out of me. I said, That's right, little man. Now shave your head. I picture him going Putin style, like all topless around the Brennan estate. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw pictures. Well, I saw tell you what. him on the Reds caravan or some kind of cruise or something like that in a speedo. That was pretty sharp. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. He's been known to do that around the, the clubhouse when Paul O'Neill was back on the team fighting with Lou, with mm-hmm. old Lou, and uh, that's way before they knew that he was going to have his number retired with the Yankees today. Yeah. So, uh, Marty. Big news. Big news. Marty is a show. Marty is a grower, not a shower, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Starts out. Napping at... that spandex. <laughs> Paul yeah. O'Neill, man. Oh, I... He's the 23rd, is it, Yankee, to get their number retired? 
they're going to have to start using him triple digits. I struck him out times in my career. I struck him out 61 times in my career. Nice. Because I am the 1986 Rolaids release picture of the year. Yep, I'm still going through all those Rolaids they sent me out in my garage. 46,781 Rolaids. Maybe you could swap some out for Preparation H. Whenever yeah. I get that heartburn from Montgomery and rib sauce, I just pop a couple <laughs> of that damn sucker. I like the purple ones, by the way. Uh, I thought you'd grind they them were, up and sprinkle me. them on your UDF ice cream. They were purple reminds me of the color of Marty Sanchester Brenneman's <laughs> junk in the wintertime. <laughs> Shrinkage, Costanza! <laughs> He, he knows about the shrinkage, right? Well, this guy's poking me on the side. I got to get off now? Yeah, you got to get off, man. It's my phone. All right, I got to give the Cincinnati Bell wireless phone, CBPS phone, back to this guy. Uh, All right, I must be right, off. Give him the banana phone. Maybe we'll hook you back in here in a bit. Come up with some more questions. For We're you. going through a rain delay. The banana phone is in effect. Hold on. Give me the play, guys. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's like... He's got a perm in the back only. Yep. That's <laughs> where the party is. It's like, it's like 86, yeah. this guy. You know, He's still he got the left. party in the back. The guy from yeah, uh, so, uh, He's Bound and Down, mm-hmm. he's kind of got the same kind oh, of yeah. uh, do or mullet. Yeah, the you curly know. mullet. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah. It's right on the tip of my brain. It's on purpose. Right. He's, in the, he's in the Righteous Gemstones, too. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a big Brantley fan, <laughs> you know, just based on the hair. Based on the do. Yeah. Southern Baker. <laughs> All right, Lou. So this is going to be kind of like a what a rock and roll heaven people call like a slap nuts. <laughs> just whatever. We've been like so, since tearing since down we the, talked uh, to you last, you you're like in the wine business, right? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I have been in and out of the wine business for many years, but I made a triumphant return. But now and you're back I was in. looking for the right. Just when you thought you were in. out, it pulled you Pull back. Pulled you back in. <laughs> That's right. The, the scent of Cabernet wafting through the air. Heavy French oak. It's a fine grain. Yeah. So I'm back selling wine uh, on a wholesale representative type of basis. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mullet guys, Danny McBride that we couldn't think of. Oh yeah, uh, Danny, Danny McBride, right? So where are you? I mean, are you uh, around Cincinnati? Or are you like? Uh... Where exactly you're doing this? Yeah, I've got Cincinnati and uh, Northern Kentucky, parts of Dayton. I only have to go up there once a month, but uh, I've got a lot of restaurants and wine shops and uh, wine stores, bottle shops. You know, there's quite a lot of new restaurants in Cincinnati. Aaron probably would be shocked. I know he visited a couple years ago, but since he left town, you know, OTR's nuts and Norwood's popping up. Pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they're all, they're all, most of them are back. So, uh, you know, they need wine. That's where I come in. So, uh, I was out in O'Brienville today and, um, this account apparently on Madison Road next to Hemptations, uh, good customers, Argentinian, Argentinian restaurant called Pampas. Mm. Yes. Yes. And, uh, apparently Joe Burrow lives at the end of the street. Mm-hmm. Is there something you can recommend there other than the wine? The wine oh, the empanadas. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. their empanadas are great too. I meant and wine. How's that? <laughs> Is that that like? We'll take sweet... Ken and Cheryl. We'll liquor them up and drive them home. Or let them drive us home. Oh goodness, no! But isn't that like the two-story? Uh, uh, Is that that two-story place right in the corner? Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, it's been different places. We've been. It has been. The gentleman today was telling me the GM uh, that it had been something, something Johnson and Fitch or Johnson and Johnson or Pfizer and Johnson or something. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, some kind of fish. Moderna. McCormick and Schmick, maybe? No, they're a corporate chain, but that was downtown on uh, where the Albi used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Been there. So, uh, yeah, nice place. I, I saw some uh, some good jazz there back in the day in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, I sell two restaurants and uh, a lot of wine shops, and quite a few of those are showing up as bar and restaurant sort of uh, small plates with an attached wine shop, which is a cool concept, which I've worked in before at Chateau Pommier yeah. in O'Brienville across the street from Pompous and uh, the, the Bombonnerie. Yeah. And that yeah. place is now opening up again. The proprietor is opening it up as Anata, A-N-A-T-T-A, wine bar and restaurant and wine bottle shop, which means vintage in Italian. So nice. Yeah. So, so it's, it's all coming up. back. Yeah, coming back from the yeah. pandemic. Uh, we we kind of, we probably went out earlier than we should have. We were like tempting fate, mm-hmm. going out to eat, going to the movie theater. We went to see, we went and visited Aaron since last time we talked. I don't, I, don't, I guess you knew about that. I don't know if you knew about that. I saw, yeah, I saw those pics, yeah. yeah. They they went to Vegas and then I drove to Vegas and dragged them to California. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, did you guys have a swingers moment? No. Uh, sort of, yeah, movie. Vegas, baby, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the burgers oh yeah, we went to uh, for whatever. Was... We went to uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they were in Old Vegas. Rat Pack. Yeah, we stayed in Old Vegas. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. I had a good that, time. That fits my style too. But the thing there, I mean, yeah. yeah, it was all, it was still all buttoned up. You know, there's still, uh, yeah. I don't know what the Super Bowl was wide open. I mean, that people have declared the Super Bowl like the, you know, like the uh, the end. Of the of the pandemic almost because of the yeah you know you had the Rams players you had all the media everybody was down on the field and everything and completely sold no out masks yeah no masks almost mm-hmm. no masks seen just face masks <laughs> you know yeah I guess you really just you, they, you really just need them indoors that's an outdoor facility isn't it yeah yeah officially it is but I think Kanye West had a mask on yeah yeah okay black I think we thing. source well I mean um. But up until, you know, when we were in, uh, when we were in LA and, and Vegas, yeah, it was completely locked down. And it was kind of like a uh, culture shock because back here we had already, you know, there'd been so Open many up. people that were not masking and stuff, probably for a few months, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I saw one couple in Target two days ago that did not have a mask on. It was shocking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, you know, masks yeah, I'd say, work. I'd but... say when we go out, it's about 50 50 here. Do you feel like that's helping? Yeah. I don't know. The wine business is starting to pick up then? That's what you're saying? It is, but we're taking a hit right now with the economy and all the speculation with Russia and uh, all the gas prices are rising and we are in a a business that depends on logistics, boats, trains, trucks, personal vehicles. A lot of vineyards burn too. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about that today at one of my accounts. Um, Part of Camus. Uh, winery burned, but uh, apparently yeah, I've got a good a lot connection of grapes out. Tastes in... like smoke from some of them. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, it, it, it's a real thing. Um, yeah, well, but uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, you're gonna crack it's, that it's thing open in ten years, and it's gonna you're gonna you're gonna smell the smoke from 2020 or what? <laughs> I mean, that's 
It's fair. I don't know. I would right. probably I would probably stay away from the last vintage. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just wondering, would Drink that now. would that add to the value of a wine? Would that, I mean that was would that say, oh, that was a that bouquet is from uh, Napa Valley 2020? Like, I think it was. It would add to the value of the wine that came before it. <laughs> right. What kind? I mean, but what kind right, of in, what goes into the value? You know, um, when you uh, into the value of the wine. I mean, uh, you know, I don't. I, obviously, I don't know crap yeah. about wine. How I mean, come? Goes, how come you know, a Trader Joe's special Reserve Cabernets four ninety nine, and uh, another medium end Cabernet say fifteen dollars. What's the difference? Marketing? Great question, and uh, uh, no, not so much marketing uh, as is the price of land parcels. Mm. Um, a lot of stature and status goes into it. Um, you know, Napa Valley fruit is based on the price of the hectare or the acreage versus Sonoma, which is probably a third less per acre. Um, so you're paying for a lot of cost of land and irrigation in Napa Valley, et cetera, um, because they don't have the natural irrigation is a region such as Mendoza in Argentina. So they're getting the Andes Mountains melting. And in the growing season, that melting snow provides free irrigation. That's less of a cost. You'll see most Malbecs from Argentina around $9.99 to 16 bucks. And Pampas in O'Brienville carries quite a few of ours. Uh, so if you see a Malbec in there, you, you're probably supporting good old Lou Diamond. But, uh, you know, in France, the Bordeaux region is top notch. There's five, six levels of crew or status, one or crew, two or crew, so forth and so on, which is esteemed houses or chateaus owned by families since, you know, 1400s that have been making wine on this really crummy, arid sort of gravelly soil which is great for grapes because it makes the grapevine stressed and it makes the fruit more intense on the berry on the vine when it's ready to be picked. So there are a lot of things that go into it. It always blows my mind that wines could come from Spain, go through exporting costs, get on a boat in the Mediterranean, come through the Gibraltar Pass, and then go all the way across the Atlantic and then dock in New York and then disembark, loading fees, unloading fees, get on a train, get on a truck, pay import fees and still be $9.99 on your table versus a California wine of the same ilk that's $15.99. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. makes no sense. Very dynamic. Um, and, uh, you know, marketing is a big part of it. But it's, an, it's another business in and of itself. The graphic design in the wine business is amazing. And mm. I look at labels and I take labels out to be, to be tasted. I took some out today. One had a very grocery store label, but the juice was killer. And of course, everyone looked at the label because they're stupid Americans and they're like, eh, I don't really like it. And I'm like, yeah, you do, because I put it into another bottle and tasted you on it and you said you liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because everyone yeah. likes to be told they're an idiot when you're trying to sell them something. It works for me. I, I'm, I'm the insult dog. I'm triumph. Yeah. You know. I'm the, in, the insult wine dog. No, but I was just thinking that in my head, like, God, you guys But uh, there's, yeah, there's a power. Cabernet in the other room right now. Uh, it's a 19 Crimes with Snoop Dogg on the label that my wife picked up yeah. and got for me just because Snoop Dogg's on the label. Mm-hmm. Right. Good reason. Um, yeah. But I haven't tried there it There is yet. a rumor. 
I heard it's pretty good. It's it's kind of typical California fruit forward juice, but I, I heard there was a rumor if you take it's a, a blend, I think. A, I don't know if it's a cab or a blend. A, yeah, it could be a uh a raw cab, maybe they're doing a lot of Syrah in California. But if you take your camera phone and you put it on video and you take it over the bottle, the label, it morphs into some other imagery, like some kind of trickery. I look it up. I've never tried it because I've never purchased it, but I see it in Kroger a lot. But there's something weird about the labels where they've embedded some kind of weird technology that's sort of gruesome and macabre, apparently, about the crimes, you know, that were committed of each bottle is a different set of crimes, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Kind of, like kind of like the old 3D runners. baseball cards. You turn it in another direction, and right, player oh, swings yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the old That's painting cool in Haunted Mansion that turns that turns into a skeleton when you see it from a different. Exactly. Room. Same. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Or the eyes follow you all around the room. Right. But I mean, because my, my, my grandmother had a Jesus like picture can, like that. A Jesus picture. Yeah. But um, he's everywhere. Oh yeah. So, but wait, 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 a turn from one view and, and no, it was just Jesus. From Jesus. Oh, okay. It was just a, a, was actually a sculpture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was con, con, concave. The face was concave. So if you looked at it from one angle, it was tucked in and from another, it was pushed out. I remember that. And one. it would follow you all around the room. Yeah. So it wasn't a painting. I misspoke. Optical illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Danny had it. I remember Tom. Barely creepy at all, I'm sure. Oh, no, it was creepy. <laughs> Remember, Tom Seaver was a wine. He kind of retired yeah. and retreated to yeah, Napa Valley. Kind of very high-end wines, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm sure Classic. Uh, he, I believe that he had a lot of estate-grown stuff, meaning it was you know grown on-premise rather than importing, because a lot of wineries will do that nowadays because of the price of acreage. So mm-hmm. they will source their fruit from folks that they really like, and they're like, oh, this Veter Mountain. I saw footage Diamond of him like... Like, you know, checking his grapes and walking down, you know, the, through yeah. a vineyard. He's pretty handy. I think it, was, it was his, yeah, his turf. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all about the terroir or the dirt, they call it. That's the French term for it, for dirt and um, territory, you know. Nobody nobody got a term. discount from Tom Seaver either. Johnny Bench couldn't get a discount on Tom Seaver's wine. Full price. Really? Good. Good for Tom. Yeah. Hit her. Maybe you got a free bottle of wine. That's right. <laughs> Bill Plummer gets a deal, not you, Jen. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Bill Plummer was Bill Plummer was ripped, man. He was jacked. He was in shape. Yeah. I don't even but, remember. But yeah. He didn't get in many games. He was a real health he was a health fanatic for a long time. Lifted and you know, but Johnny Bench just had that natural Glenn Bragg. He was jacked too. One uh, what's um Oh, he's, he's, he's the one that used to break all head. the all the bats around. Like he, he'd swing and miss and break the bat over the over his back shoulder on the follow through. Yeah, I was thinking about him today, listening to uh, sports talk or Tracy and Eddie, and uh, not Tracy and Eddie, but Rocky and Eddie. And uh, who was the other dude that the Reds traded for in '94 from the Cardinals? That Ron Gant. Yeah, he was he was off too. Jack. Yeah, I remember there was a brawl with some team, and Ron Gant went out and put somebody into a headlock, and the guy turned blue. I think that's the same one that Tracy Jones was involved in. Like Jones got a, Jones got yeah. hit and charged the mound, and I don't know if he threw a bat. He did something really crazy though. Something you know. And I think uh, the, we went into the strike year, and after that, uh, I think Gant wasn't a Red anymore. He was like a free agent, right? And the Reds picked him up because St. Louis catapulted him out of the system because he had a motorcycle wreck and broke his leg 
and they thought he was done. Yeah. But, you know, if only Reggie Sanders could hit a fastball in that Los Angeles series <laughs> in 95, jeez. So yeah. I struck out 19 out of 21 at bats or something. It was like, oh, my God, you know. I was talking that's about that today. That's, that's funny. I was talking about that. Yeah. Because we were talking about how good that team was. And they really were. They really they yeah. really were with Gant and Sanders and Barry Larkin, of course, and all those guys. But, Is that uh, Davey Johnson? Yeah, I think so. 89 yeah. would have been. Or, no, 94. Yep, yeah. 94, 95. Yeah. 89 was Pete. Um, you know, Marge fired Davey Johnson, and this is the reason I heard. It's because he was shacking up with he's a girl he sin. wasn't married to. Yep. And his apartment was in Clifton. Yeah, okay. and he lived in Clifton, up off of Clifton and Ludlow in a high-rise. And he used to come into the restaurant I washed dishes at, Peterson's Restaurant, on Ludlow. And I asked the server... What did he get? What did he get? What did he get? And she goes, he got the veggie burger. I was like, yes, he's a vegetarian. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a weird, I wouldn't say it's a weird place for a player, but I, you don't know where all these players stay and everything, but typically they get the uh, Latin players will stay at like one Lytle place. Then a lot of them will stay over. Yeah. If they got, you know, if they got money and they're established, they'll stay in Northern Kentucky. But that says something, that says a little bit of something about Johnson that he would pick. Clifton, you would think, to be his residence when he was here. Because he wasn't your typical. Maybe that's where she lived. He wasn't a typical manager. He wasn't like an old school, you know, chomping on the, uh, tobacco. Well, I, although right. I think he did. But he, he was not a typical guy. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of progressive, I guess, as a manager. Yeah, he's a pretty intelligent, forward-thinking, kind of new-agey kind of dude. More, and, he uh, was more so- smoking a butt than uh, chewing. Yeah. He might have yeah. chewed also. Right. Took a, a smoke a butt and sleep with your wife type, maybe. <laughs> but um no, yeah, that was in the that was in the press and everything that was marge's reason yeah she didn't like his Un- unreal which which sucked because he was a yeah. very, good, very good man yeah. he could have been was our next manager after that bob boone or somebody uh mm-hmm. man it all fades in, in a way as you get older you can't quite to see can't quite access that drawer in your file cabinet. <laughs> in there. Yeah. It's only been 40 years. What the hell? Oh. Or 20. Right. I think it was Bob Boone and then uh, Trader Jack. Yeah, because we got married in. Uh, no, we got uh, Davy Johnson, Ray Knight, Jack McKeon, Bob Boone. Ooh, Dave, you look. Dave, yeah, I looked it up. Dave Miley, Jerry Naren, Pete McCannon, Dusty Baker, Brian Price, Jim Riggleman, David Bell. God, we go through them. Mm hmm. Tony Perez, I forgot about Tony Perez. He was he was mm-hmm. the f- first part of that Davy Johnson year. She did him wrong too. Well, she called or uh, Jimbo called him up on the phone and fired him while he was on the road with the Giants after about twelve games or something. Classy, like, very unceremonious for a player of his stature. Just you know. God, Hall of Famer. Didn't know, know Rogers Hornsby managed the Reds. Yeah. Hmm. So did uh, so did Roy Rogers. Seriously. <laughs> No, but Roy Rogers restaurants are coming back to Cincinnati. Are you guys Roy Rogers fans? Roast beef? I know oh, Aaron's yeah. not. I've had it one time. I liked it. I liked it. I do They're think it's better. Yeah. Plus, they had really salad bar. I remember they had really, really thick hamburgers that were very pink. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't like undercooked hamburgers. <laughs> Rare. Okay. They're coming back. There's 12 good. locations. Mm. Yeah, the folks that bought... Uh, Walt's Hitching Post and the Greyhound Tavern, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Holland Group. They bought uh, 
They're bringing back the Roy Rogers concept to Cincinnati. And I was on Beachmont Avenue the other day, and I drove by one. There's still one left, but this guy's yeah, bringing it back. Yeah, that's been there so. forever in Eastgate. Yeah, it was right on uh, 132. Yeah. What did they do with El Rancho Rankin? Uh, they raised it to the ground. I mean, what's yep. there now? Just It's just a, an empty <laughs> lot? <laughs> they put in a brand new strip mall with the B-dubs and, and oh, a lot of yeah, nice stores, and it looks like a freaking ghost town now. It looks like Dodge yeah. City. <laughs> Dust yeah, it's right there next to like a motel yeah. too. So you know, that, the motel's oh. still there. Yep. The motel's still there. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it no. is. No, they took it down. Yeah. Oh, they took that down. Right. Took it down. I saw it. it looked like. Well, yeah, it was. That's why I was like, why did they put restaurants there? It's, it's, you know, what? It looked like that hotel we saw that we almost stayed in, in, in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> Except without any uh, people loitering outside and smoking weed and, you know, <laughs> not able to get into their rooms and shit. Yeah, to be, yeah, to be fair, Johnson. I think they were trying to get into their rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were, like, loitering with intent. They just wanted to, well, intent no, they to were, have a room. That could be a trigger word for some loitering. But it just didn't look inviting. You know, we were mm-hmm. going to stay there. Lisa and I were going to stay there, and it just it didn't look like even got, Aaron got there and the door was locked and it said back at seven thirty or something like that and it was it was already past yeah. the time that it said it would be back. Right. <laughs> we, and there were people and um, we we found out on Yelp that someone had the same complaint that they got there and the door was locked and there was a back later sign. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, we just went to what, La Quinta or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was nice. It was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Although they had a pit bull in the room. It yeah. was nicer. But, yeah, they they were dog friendly, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I'm not trying to be judgmental. The, uh, the, the El Rancho Rankin, you know, the nickname with all the bands that played Annie's because Annie's would put up all the bands there that were oh, traveling. Wow. Okay. And uh, it was called the El Rancho Stankin. Of course it was. That was the nickname. And I heard that from Jeff Pilson, the bass player from uh, Dockin. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, every, America is a strip mall eventually. America, everyone will work at Amazon and there will be a strip mall everywhere. There'll be no trees. It's crazy that they have to all the bands up at El Rancho Rankin. Yeah. I guess that's probably like the closest place, but it's also probably the least sanitary place. Perfect for a band, actually. Oh, yeah. Those guys didn't care. They had a better than your another band. thing in mind. Yeah, they're not sleeping. That's for sure. <laughs> be like, Annie's uh, is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Be like the continental lighthouse east, I guess, and you can fish for. I bet you can still smell that urinal trough, even though it's gone. And the guy that passed out in it one night when Wrath Child America was playing and everyone was peeing on him. Oh man! Oh my God. True story. Was that down on disgusting Kellogg? Kellogg Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my friends and I currently went underwater. Huh? Currently, currently underwater. underwater. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The parking flooding. lot that used to. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. we've got fifty-two feet. 52 feet today and Coney and Riverbend are underwater mostly mm. from the yeah. what I saw in the weather map we've got rain coming uh, within the hour great congratulations thank you good yeah. I just hope it's legit it's dry ass mm-hmm. so yeah we're gonna be uh delayed on the red season here so cowboy and I guess Tommy Thrall Tommy not so enthralling in my opinion we're gonna have to find other things to do with themselves and extend that red caravan through West Virginia. Yeah. You're not a fan of Tommy. I'm not. He sounds um, almost like a caricature of a sportscaster. Like someone was plugging and playing 
you know, in uh, auto tune, like draw me up a sportscaster. It's like, hello, everybody. He, um, he copped a lot of his style. He admits to it from uh, the Kansas city radio announcer. I can't remember the little guy's name. Oh, now wait a minute. Is Kansas city the fag capital of the world? (laughs) According to Tom Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I pride myself, uh, and I think of myself as a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run. So that'll <laughs> make it a four nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for yeah, huh? I don't know if it's going to be for Lou Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my own podcast, or, or just for my <laughs> wife's entertainment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's on Spreaker, Spreaker, whatever. Sure, honey, yeah, that's what I'm listening would... to on the headphones. Yeah, he listened to Tom's apology on loop. Well, yeah, isn't he doing Little League games or something? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he back? Did, did he do Fox NFL Dominic- or no? Uh, he was no. doing Dominican. No. Yeah, he was doing Dominican and South right. Central American Latin ball or whatever they call it. It was a real Speaking voice which, in the crowd moment. Have you ever seen that movie, Voice in the Crowd, where uh, Andy Griffith was like the real Will Rogers character, and you thought he was off the air, and he went on this tirade about everybody. Uh, just... I'm confusing it with No Time for Sergeants. Yeah. Ah, that's definitely a different movie. Right. Good. Yeah, sounds exciting, Good. though. It's the only Andy Griffith movie I saw, I think, is No Time mm. for Sergeants. So I wonder if that Kansas Thanks City guy... Crowd is a good, watchable movie, but it's, it's like me. Was that Kansas City guy was... His last name Brockmeyer, maybe. <laughs> lasso. His name is Lasso. You can work in any form, you know. Brockmeyer. Brockmeyer. Yeah. You know, well, good old uh, the neighbor. Thank his area. <laughs> I love that okay. shit. Is he coming back? I don't know. No, I, I did not enjoy the beginning of the season. first season, though. Or the second season. I loved the whole first season, but the minute Amanda Pete wasn't in it, it just didn't do much for well, me. I thought she kind of recurred. She was all through it, I think. She came yeah, back she later, she but back. by then I just didn't care. But he was very inappropriate, though. Like, oh, I don't think yeah, he would was, survive. I didn't care for He him. wouldn't have had the career the length of Tom Brenneman, that's for sure. He would have run mm-hmm. into a problem a lot sooner, yeah. I think. You know, there was a Brockmire podcast. There on. It? It's on hiatus right now, or ended season one, or whatever you want to call it, but I hope to God he gets Tom Brennan in Sunday. <laughs> oh man, he 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 loves to shit yeah. on Joe Buck. That's my favorite thing. And he, I, oh yeah, he had yeah. Joe Buck on. He hates Joe Buck. Yeah, he Buck. had Joe Buck on and shit on him the whole time. <laughs> it was great. Oh, that's wow. a So you've been drumming. I mean, have you been doing any music? I've been doing some stuff, uh, just in studio stuff. A couple of folks I know have projects going on, and I got asked to play on. And um, yeah, one one of them's called the Cold Cuts, and it's kind of like a funk, Earth, Wind, and Fire Chicago thing. And another one is uh, going to be working with a guy named Aaron Hedrick, who has a studio up uh, near Chilo, 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 Ohio, next Hello. to up River. By yeah, I used yeah. to live there. She has strong feelings. Wow. About there was a uh, we had an outhouse. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. But uh, yeah, still playing, but not playing live much. Yeah, but you know it's a drag. It's a drag to drag your drums literally and stick them in your car and drive. You know, three four times a month, and you know it's fun if you're not really wanting to do anything too serious, at least in this area. So you're better off doing recordings and putting it out digitally and seeing original projects 
we'll gain traction that way. But yeah, so uh, no, I was kind of freaked out about the the virus and didn't play really for a year and a half and was giving, but I was giving private lessons to people. So I guess I'm a hypocrite, but I was masked and mostly kids and younger fellas. And I had one female. So a smaller bubble than going out and playing live. Yeah, exactly. And if if they don't have symptoms, you know, and I don't have them, then it was all good. And I really enjoy teaching. I got called by Guitar Center. They're looking for a drum teacher. And I had just gotten this gig with the wine repping and uh, had to say no thanks to that. But uh, have you guys been into a guitar center lately and seen how like piss poor the shelves look with the supply chain issues? It's barren. Yeah. I've been, Empty. I went to get gaffer tape for AV shit at work maybe three months ago. And uh, I can't say, you know, I can't say that I, I noticed that as much. It was out of Tri County. Is that one of the locations you're talking about? Or? Yeah. I, the supply this is chain Florence. issues come up more recent. Yeah. yeah, there's two drum kits at Florence, and I was like, wow. And uh, back in 2003, I was the first manager of the drum department and helped open the store from scratch. And it's just a sad, sad scene. Uh, a lot of people are also doing electronic drums, digital drums, these V-drum kits that just plug into a soundboard or plug right into your computer. And I really am an old school guy with getting sounds. It's half the battle and half the fun with an acoustic drum kit. It's such an unruly monster. And you've got a room and you've got different materials. It's the old Led Zeppelin, Miking John Bonham's drum kit inside a turret of a castle or Star Groves where Mick Jagger had his home and they would record with the mobile unit and all that stuff. I just, that those days seem to be sort of over. But um, yeah. Not doing too much, but I've still got this little project, and I think I'm kind of gravitating. I think I posted this on Facebook yesterday. I just looked back at some of the stuff I did in the '90s when I was playing at Sudsies and traveling around, and had some small record label interest that signed us, and we were playing with bands like Brainiac and Jesus Lizard and Helmet, and uh, it's just such crushing heavy rock. And <laughs> the whole time, I was thinking, God, I love the Asia Steely Dan album. I love Steve Gadd's drumming on Paul Simon's solo stuff. <laughs> I'm here hammering these drums with this long hair, and I'm like, God, I just want to play R&B. So I finally found some guys to play R&B, and of course, they're 15 years older than me. So anyway, uh, but I heard a uh, interview today with Robert Plant on Rick Rubin's podcast, and uh, ironically, he talked about some of his drummers because he was talking about Bonham. And he was talking about not only keep time, that's pretty, you know, yeah, standard. trite to say the drummer obviously keeps time, but the music could not be played as well after he died because he would forecast what would come next. They took all their cues from him when they did all of their improvisation and shit like that. It's a lot, that level mm. of control over the band, you know. Yeah. Ironically, like Fishman drives the band. Yeah. Not everybody knows it. Right, they keep, keep time, yes, yes, they keep time, but they actually, you know, he would actually cue. Oh, he, yeah, he steer the improvisation. Right, right. And it was interesting because like I didn't talked about Isn't that exactly anymore, but he did because I guess Ruben is is someone he'll talk to about it. But mm. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. that's totally true with guys like John Bonham and uh, Peart and Fishman and Bill Bruford from Yes and King Crimson. You know, everyone's like Robert Robert Fripp is in charge of King Crimson, but really it's you look back at Bruford and Robert Fripp sitting on his little stool looking over at Bill the whole time. So yeah. when they go into elephant talk, uh, it's like 
Bill starts that one off, and then Adrian Ballou keys off it, and Drip's got his little linear lick that he sticks to the whole damn. You know, now he's got three drummers at the front of the stage. I saw them, I think, twenty nineteen. <sighs> you saw it? Yeah, I had great seats at the Greek. Yeah. That's uh, that's a, an Englishman named Jeremy. Um, can't remember his last name. He played with Cheryl Crow. Then of course Pat Mast. Of course Pat Mastelato from Mister Mister. He's been with Crimson now for at least twenty five years. And then they had uh, oh Gavin Harrison, another British drummer, prog rock guy. He was in Porcupine Tree. And then sadly they had Bill Riflin from Ministry, and he passed away from COVID last year. So they had four drummers at one point. So, yeah. And I just saw today that um, Mark Lanigan from the Screaming Trees died of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Drummers are the quarterback of the team, of the the band most of the time. They're good. And uh, if they make the music feel good, then everyone wants to play with them. And everyone says that about, you know, Jeff Percaro from Toto, who played with a million different artists. He has like 750 credits of different studio gigs including like michael mcdonald and he played with steely dan but bonzo had a special feel he wasn't just a crusher and the thing was they said when they would get done with a gig zeppelin would find at at bonzo's request they would find the nearest r&b or disco or like funk club and he liked to dance (laughs) so he grew up on uh james brown all the king record stuff okay Uh, funky drummer Clyde Stubblefield, Cincinnati recordings. Yeah. So, hmm. kind of neat how the world influences different parts and things come back around. But yeah. Yeah. Do you like to like just go off and do like a, a solo, like an old like an old school drum solo, or is that too self indulgent, uh, or is that you know it doesn't necessarily fit in with the well, I don't know what it fits in with. I just wonder, do, do you like to? How do you feel about that? Do you enjoy doing that? Yeah. I used to, um, and every kid gets a drum kit and wants to just be the best in the world. And the way to achieve that is to be the most wowing with your licks and your chops and the composition of your solo. And uh, I was thinking about Neil Peart from Rush talking about his reflections on his solos. And I'll tell you what, man, I would get really bored with doing a solo every single night like that. I mean, I know he's not a narcissist and his ego is probably well in check, but I get off more on playing like cool little beats that just groove and snake, you know, like I'm really into Wolfpack. Guess hip to Wolfpack. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you would be Aaron uh, Lettuce. Deer Tick. I was Adam Deitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Snarky Puppy. I'm kind of into that, you know, more than I am the rock anymore, but I, I did get to see Ghost and Volbeat the other night. So. Hmm. That Still was... won't go out anywhere <laughs> except Trader Joe's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the weed store. I don't blame you. That's why we have Aaron for yeah. one oh, of the podcasts now because he don't go anywhere. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, we're going to exceed 50 yeah. with Eli here coming up. Mm-hmm. Or I think hit 50. Yeah, we My next hike, I'm going to exceed Bella. 700 miles. Wow. Got multiple milestones coming this week. Wow. Yeah. 700 miles. You, uh, you must, you must not have an aching back because I couldn't, I couldn't hike 10 miles right now. It's, uh, it's a little stiff right now. I had three days of hiking in a row, but I took yesterday off. Yeah. And today. Okay. Well, the other day, he was like, 
we should ask uh, Andy Furman back on. And I'm like, do you think we he should. would actually come back on? So we should have had him. <laughs> we should have had him before the Super Bowl. It didn't occur to me until after. Yeah. I said mm-hmm. he was pretty gobsmacked when we hit him with those notes. That we were do. Or yeah, but well, the episode went well. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a great episode. It was one yeah. of our best episodes for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you were so excited. He'd, he'd about forgotten about the Super Bowl winner on our Super Bowl podcast. Yeah, that was cool. I don't. Huh? That was cool having Mark on. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was cool. We had we had Mark Edwards on right before the Super Bowl. Oh so, wow, he's yeah. up. He's from Norwood, and he's he was on the first Patriots Super Bowl team. He's the guy that holds up the uh, – he's on the Sporting News cover holding up the trophy. Yeah, I remember that guy. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I spoke to Furman spoke to Furman yesterday about you guys, and I said I was doing this one, and he said, yeah, tell him to call. We'll do another right on. one. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, um, can you bring a friend? Speaking <laughs> can um, he? No, no, I'm just, yeah, no, I'm said just... you can bring a friend. And there's another drive into oh, deep okay. left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if next time you, next time you see him, just, you know, say hi for us. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we'd we love to have him back on. Yeah. What does he want to talk yeah, about? Probably wants to talk about him, against Tracy. Tell Gale. him I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah, Tracy he, Jones? He's pretty Yeah, what about Tracy Jones? What lawsuit? Works? Oh, he, who's excited about our oh. lawsuit against Tracy Jones for destroying the property value in Norwood with his rants on the baby? Uh, oh, yeah. Humor, our, our. That was like yeah. Andy's biggest. I mean, he was really charged up. He, li- he liked that idea. So, yeah. You know, but unfortunately, Tracy's Tracy's the guy him. that likes any, yeah, he likes any kind of publicity. He's like Jeff Ruby. Yeah. So, doesn't matter if it's yeah. Jeff Ruby on, but so. Um, yeah, Jeff Ruby. Be good. We were talking. Talking about Furman and cigars, when I was hanging out down at the cigar store, Strauss Tobacconist, where all the stars align. <laughs> Jack McKeon used to come in every day when they were home off the road, and I would park his Buick parking garage, and, hey, kid, there you go. And uh, lo and behold, I'm hanging out, and Jose Rio walks in. <laughs> that was a 1990 World Series MVP. Jose Rio. Jose Rio. And awesome. uh, he was in town to do a speaking engagement at LaSalle High School with Joe Oliver, former catcher. So, pretty neat. Okay. All right, cool. One game two yeah. of the World Series with a base hit. Name dropping in Cincinnati. Right. Right. Yeah. Just inside the line. Right. Here comes Billy Bates. He's going to score. Billy Bates scored. He's a World Series hero <laughs> that we'll never see again. Yeah, never have an official at bat in baseball. But, yeah, Amazing. That sucker hugged the line, didn't it? Yeah, it did. a little chopper, a little chopper down the line against uh, Eckersley, just perfectly placed. You know, Lansford could not get to it. We were afraid of Eckersley. Yeah, fuck that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about all the stuff with Dave Stewart after he kind of retired? Did you hear about any of his controversies? Yeah, I recall. Didn't he hit? Uh, I don't. Remember, I know he had problems with cocaine, right? Yeah. And. Uh, and then he uh, he had some uh, sexcapades of some kind that I can't recall exactly. But for the time, well, it was quite controversial. And, and um, swept under soliciting the soliciting a transvestite prostitute. He went to yes, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Did he know that? Yep. Are we thinking he knew, or was he just too hot? Uh, he was at Skid Row in L.A. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, but. Oh, well, 
a lot of people have done silly things, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, he survived that. He became a very uh, well-respected executive in baseball after that. Mm-hmm. He was, who was it with the A's? Uh, was it with the A's or the Dodge? I think it was the A's. He was in their front office. Might've been a GM actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he overcame yep. that. Yeah. The, uh, they were performing a lewd act when they were caught. Yeah. Ah, so he did act. know. Well, it, an, oral, a, an oral act. Wasn't Eddie Murphy caught oh. in the same area of Hollywood? And his story was that he was... I think his, it was on more like the Sunset Strip, but yeah. But he was helping the person lady. get back to, you know, to helping them out because he felt bad for them being down in that area of town or something. He was being a gentleman and rescuing that poor young lady. So who knows? <clears throat> I believe it. Eddie Murphy's. He was taking her. He was taking her back out of. He was taking her out of Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Right. <laughs> right. Nobody knows better than Eddie Murphy what might happen to her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Every time he would buy a new yeah, house, he wouldn't decorate it because he assumed he was going to get married again. So he just waited for his new woman to do it. But here's the most puzzling thing. Along that same vein of celebrities soliciting prostitutions from uh-huh. prostitutes from transvestite, mm-hmm. which is a pretty obscure uh, topic when you think about it. But what about Hugh Grant? Yeah. Who right. had Elizabeth Hurley, one of the most mm-hmm. beautiful actresses in Hollywood. And he was. Sometimes you need a little stink. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Hurley's up tight. <laughs> All she's about is the bikini. A little too hoity toity. Yeah. She wouldn't go there. There are men who they marry the Madonna, you know, but they still want some, some, you know, but they still want a little Lilith on the side. Yeah. Well, we're not here to judge, but I just think, you know, of all the ones that may be the most, that may be the strangest one. Hugh Grant. Yeah. Cause he had Elizabeth Hurley. Right. Still at yeah. 50 looks good in a bikini, but, and, and to me, that's what it's all about. She's not worried about doing stuff. She's just, you know. She just wants to be hot. The right. Dave Stewart one went by the name Lucille, mm-hmm. and uh, when he when he pitched in Kansas City, they'd always play uh, the Kenny Rogers song Lucille on the organ. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> huh. Wow. Interesting. Oh, yeah. okay. for the A's. I'm like, why would they do that for somebody pitching for Kansas City? But on no, it, yeah. For the A's, yeah. That's pretty. That's yeah. Rough. Well, that could get him fired up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, but did he choose, did they choose their music or is it ever a time when someone does play something just to piss him off? Oh, yeah. That didn't keep him out of the bullpen when the 1985 season began. In Kansas City, the ballpark organist greeted him by playing the Kenny Rogers standard Lucille. Then in okay. September, he was traded to the Phillies. His record for the season was 0 and 6. Mm. And it didn't go well for him. Mm. Mm. Damn Lucille. I believe Next I year, might. Yeah. Phillies released him. Ace picked him back up. And then, uh, then he became, uh, eventually with Dave Duncan, he became the Dave Stewart we know. Mm. So how's Lucille? Yep. <laughs> Lucille. I don't know. You'll keep stats on Lucille. Probably still, uh, down at Skid Row turning tricks. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Even 35, I'm like, Ew. 35 years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Things you do wow. not want a picture. So I wonder Grandma in a in a G string. I know you have some prominent friends. Flo and Dave Stewart. 
Hey. <laughs> like uh, like Jack, Nick- Jack Nicholson said when Kathy Bates got into the hot tub naked. Nope. <laughs> well, Lou, I know you got some prominent <laughs> friends. I'm wondering, how would, what do you think Ronald Reagan would say about all this shit that's going on with the Soviet Union and Ukraine right now? You know, Ukraine. Is they're Russia Ukraine. now. And, and, you know, they're part yeah. of the UN and now Russia's saying, you know, well, hey, this really belongs to us. We're going to take this back. What the hell? I mean, because Reagan famously told the Russians to put, you know, tear down the wall and they did it. So he had the authority to have that kind of power. So I wonder, what, what do you think he would say about the situation right now? Well, uh, let me see if I can. I'm here in Simi Valley and uh, right here at the grave site. So, uh, Say a prayer for Oliver North and old Dutch Ronnie. Well, I feel it's me, Dutch, once again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those pesky Russians ever since World War II, I told Eisenhower he should have handled them right then and there. And he didn't listen. And then what were we doing? Doing airdrops of chewing gum and nylons into West Germany. Oh, how far we have fallen. And I'll tell you what, you know, I'm down here six feet under in Simi Valley. And it's nice and cool, and it's hot outside, but it's going to rain, apparently. But uh, I would tell him, you just back off, buddy. Listen, Buster, you're messing with the wrong people. Now, the jackass in in office right now, we know he's not going to do anything. We know he's not going to do anything. So I suggested put old Biden and Putin go and did what I did and go meet in Iceland and have a nice big a big weekend meet and greet and have some and steak and have some wine. Some gefilte fish. That's, that's right. And we'll listen to some Bjork. And we're going to talk it out there, sucker. And if we don't, the gloves are off. Actually, the gloves are going to be on because uh, old Ronnie's going to get back in the ring. I've been working out. I've been down here for quite a while. Six feet under, you wouldn't have any clue of what a great pushing, environment pushing this some heavy daisies. <laughs> I, it's just resistance training like you've never seen before. And I'm going to pop that Putin right in the nose. But a good left hook, and he's going to be yelling, Call me, Mick! Any second now. <laughs> he's going to have a bloody eye, and it's going to be all over because Dutch is coming back. You watch and see. Now, James Garner made fun of me when I was the head of the Screen Actors Guild, but I was the president. That was my first presidential run, and I don't see James president. Garner being president for two He's years. a Funko artist. <laughs> That's right. So Nancy always tells me where she would call Gene Dixon. And I would tell Joe Biden, call Gene Dixon, even if she's dead. Go get yourself a psychic somewhere down on H Street, down there in Washington. And I knew a lot of them. I, a lot of crystal ball gazing I did during those eight years. I'll tell you what, you think it was just old smart Ronnie. But Ronnie was a crystal ball gazing son of a bitch. And it was right about 6% of the time. And I'll tell you what, you should go down there and get a psychic like Whoopi Goldberg in that damn ghost movie and see what's up. Because that's the only way to run the USA is through crazy, you know, wacky crystal ball and tarot cards like Nancy and I did. And Nancy said something else. Don't forget the Nancy. Very, very true. Nancy always said, Ronnie, I love you, but you know what? You let all of the brown jelly beans stay and you tried to kill all the black ones with crack cocaine. So with that, I've got to be Wow, I like the hair. The hair looks yeah. good. Wow, that was in peace, Mr. Tell. President. That was two that people was... have hijacked my phone now. <laughs> wow. So uh, I don't know. I think, it, that's I think diplomacy, your phone's been right? cloned. That's that's what the there yeah. were words. 
Like diplomacy, there were words. I'm moved. I'm mm-hmm. starting to, yeah. I thought I was turned a corner politically, but I might start having to shift again after mm-hmm. hearing that. That really. What, you going to go conservative? What, what do you, would Reagan have been Trump? Oh, he was. He followed the party worse line. Than Trump and, oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you, is the reason for the now? wealth gap? Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't, I don't know that he'd be as willfully. Yeah. Well, the glass anti-science as Trump. Yeah. I think Reagan was probably a better statesman, so to speak. Oh, definitely. Still respected the, the Reagan role could, in Reagan the, Reagan could uh, read a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, today Trump said that he's, uh, he can't say it, but because of, uh, restrictions on campaign laws, if he's going to run again, but he says he's looking into the finances and it looks good. So he's already hinting oh, that God, he's going to no. run. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he's got a lot of legal is, trouble right now to deal is, with between. Yeah. Between this time and then, he's got a lot. To but pay. he can plead the fifth. Yeah, yeah. but he, he, he might have to. Uh, he might have to donate some DNA for the E. Jean Carroll case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. back, I guess sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's interesting. We're reading a book because we have a guy coming up soon, Mike Hilbig, and I noticed a reference in his one of the short stories in his book where he made the same. He drew the same conclusion you did, Lou, that that the Reagan era was worse than the Trump era. Although ways. he didn't really tie up the loose end on that, I couldn't understand what he why he, he, would, he would say that. But maybe the Glass because Siegel Act, well, maybe the Second Depression, which lasted way longer than you know, okay. well, not way longer. Maybe he's saying that the subtleties of it were mm-hmm. more insidious or far reaching. Yeah, it, it was way more criminal. It was more, yeah, on on the DL, I guess, more sinister. And plus, you know, he had two terms to do the damage, and Trump had one, and. uh you know, the, the stuff with Afghanistan and the Russians and the Ali yeah. North business. And he, and then if you think at least listen about how to he did. advisors and generals and, you know, his cabinet. Right. Trump yeah. just um, wanted yes men in there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty plausible and probable and maybe provable that Reagan was responsible for HIV and AIDS getting pretty much out of control without really jumping on it like pandemic that it, was and still is. Um, but, I'm sorry, uh, just inject yourself you know, had, with, with bleach. Oh, you, you know, he's talking about Reagan and you're talking I about know. Trump. I know, but I'm saying Trump tried to yeah. blow it up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, he was doing it publicly. But was it him or was it them? But when you analyze those two statements, mm-hmm. inject yourself with bleach versus um, uh, Reagan um, being he responsible for HIV a... and some kind of more scientific, clandestine or under the oh, okay. or DL method. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, in what way? Trump is going to cancel underground him. laboratory yeah. near Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Trump's going to cancel himself by right. the idiocy of the comment, whereas Reagan is acting yeah. more. Uh, yeah, clandestine. Reagan did it smarter. I never realized that. How well, did he the uh, by not doing enough? Uh, uh, due diligence, or was it? Do you? Or is there? Is it that he was involved in actually creating it, or that he just didn't do anything to stop it? He didn't do enough funding, in my opinion, to take care of the beginning stages of it. I don't think he's smart enough to know. Uh, and presidents don't know everything. Uh, he probably didn't have anything to do with the creation of it. And again, this is so similar this pandemic to AIDS when it's the wet markets and bats and all of this business. And then they said the same thing about AIDS. It was monkeys having sex with humans and 
it's just never created been by the CIA. Created by the CIA is the big conspiracy theory. I, I am much more prone to believe that than I am that was just some guy in the jungle getting his freak on with, you know, one of Harambe's relatives. But yeah, um, it's, yeah it's just the funding, the way Reagan responded. And the response was classic law and order, family values, republicanism, just don't have sex unless you get married. Right. Yeah. That'll do it. I, I firmly believe okay. that there were people doing monkeys, but I don't necessarily believe that's what caused this illness because I think there were people doing monkeys well before AIDS. I mean, hundreds right. of years. I mean, and if that kind of it's thing... It's a weaponized, caused, huh? yeah, it's it a got weaponized, weaponized virus. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. just what I think, but, you know, I'm just some guy I in uh, Cincinnati who sells wine for a living. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, uh, reading an article about um, his press secretary Larry Speaks uh, making jokes about AIDS after the after there was uh, 600 cases and a bunch of deaths. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you know yeah. the initial they used it as uh, uh, the you know the right wing just took off with that. Yeah, they come out of one of the big one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that uh, <clears throat> they used to uh, try to weapon. You talk about weaponizing it. Mm-hmm. The concept that that people that were infected they would try they would talk about this phenomenon where they would cut themselves and try to bleed on some a, a police officer or or somebody else in order to you know to spread yeah they tried to say you know, that, that was, was happening rampant that was sort of spreading fear like you know yeah. that, that's sort of like there's a there's a you know a monster out there that's well, and and my cousin, a perfectly intelligent woman with a master's degree in education, refused to come to my mom's house when my mother had a friend staying with us that had HIV. Mm, terrible. He just refused to come to the house. So. Yep. yep. The gay cancer. And it's striking straight people all the time. And no one cared really until Arthur Ashe got a blood transfusion. Then they were all like, oh, we got to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. That's Magic my Johnson. take on Ronald Reagan's tenure in our great country's history. Oh, but we do appreciate your channel. You didn't start on trickle down <laughs> in economics. Yeah, trickle down. Ugh. Oh my god. They're still doing it. Yep. <laughs> does does uh tax breaks for the rich mean, is, is getting worse in economics? Is the trickle down thing is that with Trump, is that what they refer to when he was peeing on those girls on that bed and Russia. That's right. The PP tapes. That's his trickle down economics version. That's, that's his trickle down. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> trickle down into the bed Economically <sighs> channeling uh, Reagan. I want you to know I'm laughing at your jokes. Philip just keeps muting me. Laugh tracks in later. I'm gonna liven it up. <laughs> you know, when the Bengals lost the Super Bowl. When the Bengals lost the Super Bowl, I kind of thought about that price is right. Sound bite that burr, 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 burr. Mm. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna hold off on that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's too soon, man. Mm. Too tragic. I drove by the stadium today. Did you? Yeah, I drove by Paul Brown Stadium. And uh, did you know that practice field's real grass next door? Yeah, uh huh. I assume so. Well, I mean, but yeah. that's kind of I, cheap though, when you think about it. I don't know why they don't have the grass. Oh, these guys are getting hurt, you know, on this turf, but. Anyway, I drove by the stadium and it just looked like it did for the last 27 years or 33 years, yeah. you know, in the off season. And you wouldn't have any idea they had gone to the Super Bowl. It's just like, 
it just felt so dead and gray and dry, you know. Do you think that's within you or is that external? Is that really external? Or is that something inside well, of you? Everything's perception, but well, I'm actually a Steelers fan, so I have must pre- precursor and preclude. Oh, but I rooted for the Bengals. Good night. Good night, Grace. Hey, Bradshaw here. Everybody gets to say. Now, I I just, there's not a lot of celebration of the the imagery at that place. It's a concrete building. It doesn't have a lot of style. I think it's kind of a Jetsons-looking roof on it. Yeah. You know, like something Elroy, my boy Elroy would ride around. (laughs) Kind of sanitized. And why are the seats green? Yeah, why are the seats green? Not a clue. Right, right. There's nothing about the team that's green. You know, it's like maybe, it's, maybe no uh, team colors. No. You know. Well, Brown wants to leave, so maybe he figures that'll be more popular with the next team. But what they will have you believe is that all this, all these uh, monuments to the uh, ignorance of man that are from the previous, uh, you know, Bengals uh-huh. has now been turned over. And now we're going to see they're going to spend on offensive linemen. They're going to put people around uh-huh. Burrow and they're going to uh, try to, uh, you know, screw the city out of a new stadium. <laughs> <laughs> no. Over the next two or three no. years, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see it. They're going to try no. to, build, yeah, they're going to, that's, that's what they're building up. To. No. So you're going to see a definite change in their they attitude. They better freaking here. not. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. I think that he wants to move the Philadelphia Eagles here. And that's why the seats are green. <laughs> or the Jets. Do you know where the uh, seats at but, the stadium are green, Aaron? Um, I did not know they were green. All I've brown? been there okay. once. I, I'll tell you why. I think it's green. That's so. That's so. Mike Brown can sit there. Every seat, every spot yeah, that he looks at the home game <laughs> that isn't orange like or black or steel or black and yellow is green. That's yeah. That's money that he's losing out on. You know. Ah. Yeah. yeah. That's probably why. It's you, you know, Mikey boy. About seats, butts and seats. Yeah, he cares about butts and seats. Yeah. He's made $150 million by the time they start the game. Yeah. Or $50 million or whatever it is per game. Right. Yeah. Worth, uh, I think he right. himself is worth about 900 mil and the team is worth 2.3 billion. Mm. But, uh, what is in his pocket? He's probably liquid 750 you know, million. Pull mm. 750 out and throw it on, throw it on the old oh, crap table in old Las Vegas <laughs> on Fremont Street. Uh-huh. <laughs> lining up chips but uh mikey boy has a house in san diego in la jolla that he spends a lot of time in and there's a theory that with this 2024 uh, lease agreement coming up with the county again that he is going to move the Bengals to san diego, san diego. And does not have a team yeah, yeah. well yeah okay. i've heard that but and, sweetie san we'll diego you special night light so you can sleep well, I divorced myself from this team about three years ago, and then they drafted Joe Burrow. And I was like, what the fuck you do now? <laughs> that kid is unbelievable. I say they confused give up, you. Give up all football. That's the way you go. I did. Yeah. I, didn't get I was like, fuck you. I'm not watching this. And uh, Aaron, did you watch the golf tournament this weekend? Nope. you watch golf? Generally not. Okay. I haven't watched much TV yeah. in the last few weeks at all. I've been yeah. reading too much. Yeah, that's good. Now that's my off season off football. Now that hockey's uh, the Olympics is over, the the Olympics are over, I should say. Are they over uh, finally? Yeah, last night was closing ceremony, and um, they had all of the 
all of the athletes out into the middle of the arena that have been busted for doping scandals. And they all, it was like a Super Bowl show halftime. They all took out these fake syringes and like shoved them into their asses and arms. And they did this <laughs> dance and Lady Gaga, like Lady Gaga was playing and it was crazy, man. And I wish <laughs> I had watched that. I'm pretty sure it's probably YouTube. You think YouTube might have that. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody watched it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was banned. It was banned from YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> but winter Olympics in a long time. I haven't I watched any curling. Okay. <sighs> you can see me yeah, curling okay. every night here at home in my Am I the only one who sees gym. Hank Hill here? What's that? Hank Hill. Philip's new Hank haircut. Hill? Yeah. The yep. shape of the head mm-hmm. with the hair. Hank Hill. Bobby, if you weren't my son, I'd love <laughs> you. Yeah, need. Some more squared off glasses, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit longer. Oh, Phil does. Yeah, yeah. Slightly hey, the Cyclones had a player. Cyclones had a player named Boomhauer for the last two seasons. That's pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. They, they, they yeah. Click, 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 click. Naked ladies are click, then do So I, I worked with hey, a guy named Steve Rosario. He was convinced that I was Hank Hill and Ken was Boomhauer. <laughs> hey, so hey, what does that make you? Hey, Aaron? <laughs> Red corn. Tom Petty. Red corn. Tom Petty. Oh, Tom Petty. Hey, well, that would make me Herbert the Pirate then. So, 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 such a muscly little arm. Hey, Chris, I haven't seen my newspapers in a few days. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Philip's never seen that. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't think he gets that reference. Is that a family guy? Yeah, that's family guy. guy. It's this, uh, oh, the yeah. little, this little old man on a walker who was probably a threat to... Uh, young boys at some point in their lives, but it's no longer a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you can so, hear, you can smell the, uh, you can smell the, uh, mm-hmm. the Ben Gay and you can hear the clank of the walker coming at you and you just run. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we can just saunter. Yeah. That was we, beautiful. We can definitely use Costanza. That. Yeah. Costanza, where's my calzone? <laughs> 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 Didn't Costanza get traded for a bucket of chicken? <laughs> Big Stein's getting I'm angry. Hooked Jerry. I'm hooked on it, Jerry. Jerry, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on it. No, no, no. I need my chicken, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys take care, man. You Thank do. you, Lou. All right, Lou. Have a good one. Oh, did you have anything you want to promote? Uh, Lou. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Phil gets to promote uh, whatever company... he wants. It's his podcast. Okay, uh, well, I work for a company called Martin and Company Wine Distributing, mm-hmm. Crescent Springs, Kentucky, and we have an office in Norwood, Ohio. Whoa, where at? So, it's, it's in a warehouse near the new and improved Sorrento's. Ah. So, yeah. you want to go have some of my my company's wines? We are heavily on the menu there, the wine list at Sorrento's. All right. So go in and ask for Martin, a Martin selection. We have a great Italian book and a great Argentinian book. And uh, we specialize in boutique wines that you're not going to find at Kroger. All right. Thank you. Less than a mile from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Going back to my Thomas More College days, I used to put a lot of miles between Norwood and Crescent Springs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you get off of 275 and Turkey Foot Road. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think there's a statue and a monument. There's a monument to you there, Aaron. They put a statue up. 
It drove across the Big Mac the Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's a statue of Aaron, like totally hitting the bong. He's got some Tiva sandals on, and he's got the dreadlocks and the Rasta hat, and he uh, he's got a rat dog T-shirt on, I think, and it's a big bronze statue. You got to check it out. Right I, I've never had dreadlocks, but that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did. So, all right. See you guys. See you. Take care. Have a good one. Well, this is the cowboy for the Uh Huh podcast. Tune in every time that Phil and his lovely wife and his next guest drop a podcast. This is the cowboy coming at you. Check it out, everybody. See you down Broadway. <laughs> <laughs>